Hello and welcome to Enneagram-ish, where we talk honestly about the Enneagram, growth, and the ugly, messy, wonderful art of living. My name is Valentine and I'll be your host. Hello friends and welcome back to episode 15. And as we start to wind down this season, I'd like to take a step back and discuss the concept of personality. It may seem obvious, but think about it. We so heavily identify with our personalities, but when pushed, how would you define it? Would you describe a series of characteristics that you often demonstrate? Would you use words like introverted or extroverted to describe where you regain your energy? Or would you say it's something that changes? And if so, how do you know? Would you measure these changes by how other people receive you or through some sense of internal knowing? And what do these questions have to do with typology systems like the Enneagram? I have no answers, but I do have some thoughts. So let's get into it. Usually when we think about our personalities, we think about ourselves. In fact, I was fully in my late 20s before I realized that I am not my personality, but that I have a personality. What's the difference? While the core beliefs and patterns of behavior that make up my personality are not the totality of my being. They are simply a portion of it. And because I can observe my personality, because I can witness my own actions and reactions and thoughts, that means I am not my actions, reactions, and thoughts. I simply have actions, reactions, and thoughts, and I can choose and change them eventually. But here's what I think is cool about the Enneagram system's approach to personality. The idea is that basically all of us, even if we had the best parents in the world, had certain needs that weren't met. And in response to these unmet needs, our personality developed as a way of protecting us and helping us move through the world in the safest possible way. And this is how we end up with certain ways of viewing the world as adults that may not be serving us anymore because we needed them when we were children, but never really let go of them as adults. For example, let's do a case study. Let's say you grew up in a household with a sick sibling. I would imagine that much of the family's communal resources, including parental attention, would reasonably go towards meeting the challenges of this sick family member. So not only would the parents be constantly preoccupied with these challenges, but the siblings of the sick family member may also internalize that the needs of their sibling are really important and that their own needs are less important. In fact, they might find that what little extra attention their parents do have will be given to the more helpful or easygoing or pleasant children, the ones who make their very difficult lives a little easier. And so maybe, as one of these children, you learn to be helpful, to focus on others' needs, and to get attention through service. In this scenario, this could be how you develop a personality type 2 of the helper. So let's say you grow up as a type two. You become your own person with your own life. 
However, your worldview and your personality is still very much colored by your early life. So you might find yourself unconsciously recreating certain patterns, perhaps where you're attracted to people who need you but who are unable or unwilling to give you much in return. Because this is familiar territory, your brain recognizes it. You might even believe that you genuinely don't need as much as other people need, and that being a good person is thanks enough for everything you do for the people around you. But you might still be very aware of all the things you do for others. And then maybe in some quiet moments, you have this small sadness inside of you that you can't explain. Or perhaps you find yourself snapping at people for being ungrateful or for not noticing everything you do. Maybe you find that you have trouble knowing, let alone speaking aloud, the things that you want or need. Now, this is just an example, but I think it's a good illustration of how aspects of your personality can be so helpful as a child and such a hindrance to the life you want to live as an adult. And here's where I think it's helpful to understand the backstory or the why of our personality. When we spend the time to get to know ourselves and to watch our reactions and our thoughts and our actions, we can slow them down enough to bring in intention. Do I want to be sarcastic or critical right now? Or is that just my automatic reaction to situations like this? Why is this my knee-jerk reaction? Am I happy with that? And I think there's a ton of value in this kind of self-inquiry. One of the common hesitations you'll hear people say about the Enneagram and many personality systems is that they don't like being put in a box. That the idea that a whole human being can be reduced to a simple set of characteristics feels limiting and untrue, and so they're not really interested. And I think there's some truth to this line of thinking. After all, if you're going to say that there are nine Enneagram personality types or 16 Myers-Briggs personality types, then you are obviously putting people in pretty clear categories, and I can see how that would feel reductive. On the other hand, I believe that we are all, in our own ways, searching for something, be it meaning or truth or the divine or whatever, to give our lives a sense of resonance and purpose. We want to understand the why behind ourselves, others, and the reason things happen the way they do. And I believe we're happier, less stressed, and steadier when we find these pieces of truth wherever they may be. Finally, what a lot of people miss when they dismiss systems like the Enneagram is that if you spend enough time understanding the ins and outs of the box of your personality, you can actually wind up releasing those patterns of behavior because they're not a mystery to you anymore, and because you've evolved into being able to choose how you will and will not show up in the world. And that, my friends, feels like freedom to me. Thank you for listening to Enneagram-ish with me, Valentine. Our logo was designed by the fabulous Aya Yacoub, and our audio engineer is the phenomenal Frank Oghetto, who also created our theme song. If you're liking what you're hearing, please like and subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us on our Instagram page at Enneagram underscore ish. If you've got the time, consider leaving us a comment on Apple Podcasts because feedback is queen. Thanks again.